You'll turn with me if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps or whatever you use to Exodus 20, verse 7. That's our text tonight. We're looking at the third commandment. Um, Let me read verse uh, 2 as well to kind of set us up. 1 and 2 of chapter 20. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And going down to verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. How many of you guys have heard of Stockholm Syndrome? I can't even say it. Um, It is common name described for people who have suffered through bondage, kidnappings, hostage situations, and it and it refers to the bond that can sometimes develop between the captee and the captor. It was coined from a failed robbery in Sweden in the 70s where the bank robber held four employees hostage for six days. And at the end of a lengthy standoff, when the police came in and arrested the robbers and began to interrogate the hostages and help them, they found that the hostages not only did not want to press charges, but actively worked at trying to get the robbers out uh, to beat the rap uh, for the bank robbery. And so the term came from there. So we talked about this earlier, 400 years under the hard, unyielding abuse of Egypt has traumatized the people of God, so much so that they had lost a good bit of their identity. They had forgotten their first love. So with that being the backdrop, it sort of makes sense that if you have a people who've gone through so much and they're brought out of Egypt and they're promised this land in Canaan, that instead of just taking this people as they are and moving them into the land of Canaan, God takes this people and he moves them like way over here for a season to heal them, to win their hearts to help them move through the trauma of the last 400 years and to get them ready for what's to come. This process of making someone a slave, if you think of this, is it's it's stripping them of their identity. It's stripping them of their humanity. It's basically reducing them to an object, like a hammer or a nail or a piece of paper, a functional object useful only to their captors. This is the state of God's people. God is healing them like he's healing us, restoring our identity as the people that he loves. This section of Exodus starts with God introducing himself and his people, but then going on, uh, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, the the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, The third commandment that we read just a moment ago in seven forbids us from dishonoring or misusing the name of the Lord, our God. And I want to focus on this issue of identity, because what is a name? A name is an identifier. A name connects us to a past. A name connects us to our present. It also ensures a future inheritance. In his commentary, Riken points out the fact that one of the first duties of a parent 
that they enjoy is naming their children. Some names come out of a book. Some get named after family members or other important famous people. Uh, but in many cases, most cases, the parent bestows this name upon the child. Riken goes on to say that by contrast, when it comes to God, no one ever named him. We've pinned different names for him, but each time it's God who reveals that to us. Ultimately, we do not tell God who he is. He tells us. I want to start by sharing three ways that we often dishonor or misuse the Lord's name and kind of unpack those really quickly for us. The first, for the longest time when I read this, and I don't know what your uh, what's your picture of when you think of the Ten Commandments? If it's Charlton Heston with grayed out hair and beard standing in a mountain flowing mane with these two big tablets. If it's some poster that was on a Sunday school wall in the background um, growing up. If it was a monument out in front of your town square or whatever it was that kind of replays these Ten Commandments and these tablets for you. Um, I know I often thought when I thought of the third commandment, it was just not using the Lord's name when cussing and trying to avoid using the G word as we called it as kids. Um, and, th- and that's certainly part of it. Uh, if you look at even the, the Lord's prayer, Jesus sets the Lord's name aside as holy with the very prayer. When you pray, pray our father in heaven. Holy is your name. It's important to say here that when we've been saying this with all the commandments thus far, God is not forbidding the use of his name. He's forbidding the misuse of it. So the first one is that we flippantly use or we misuse the Lord's name. Uh, two more that I want to point out really quickly and we'll dive into. The second one is oath and va- oaths and vows. So how many in here this uh, this evening are married? Show of hands really quickly. Interaction. Check. All right. Uh, many of you who took marriage vows said something like this in your vows before God and these witnesses, something to that effect, right? So even if you got married in Vegas and Elvis, you know, forgot that part, the very institution of marriage is by God and for God. So if you're married and in your, and you're in that state of covenant with another person, then understand that the founder of that covenant is God. It's a commitment before the Lord. And yet how many of us at some point in your marriage today on the way here somehow failed to live up to your covenant that you made with your spouse? Give you another example. I pledge allegiance to the flag, the United States of America, one one nation under all those years in homeroom saying that pledge before school. Do they still do that? Okay. All those years, a pledge of allegiance to a republic under God. How many of you guys sped to get here tonight? (laughs) Or broken other laws of our great republic over your time and, and failed to keep your pledge of allegiance to a nation 
under God and its laws. Last one I'll mention here. Ways that we misuse. Falsely attributing or connecting to the Lord to things. Um, Have you ever heard something like, the Lord's laid this on my heart. The Lord bless you. I have a special word for you from the Lord. Now, I want to be very careful here, okay? Because, one, I do believe that the Lord speaks. He lays things on our heart. And what I'm not saying is that we shouldn't be his ambassadors, because that's very clear in Scripture that we take the word with us, we share the word with other people. Um, but, but this thing can get tricky a little bit. Because if we look at the prophets of the Old Testament, who were the very mouthpieces of God, who were given his word and, and told to give that to other people, most often those prophets laid their lives to that word. They connected their very lives to to the giving and the correctness of that word. Um, it was a very important thing for them to do that. So the word of God for us is an important thing. Clearly God's called us to be ambassadors, called us to speak about the Lord on behalf of the Lord, but just putting it out there that God's primary means of speaking to us is his word through his word. And he will never say anything to us that contradicts his word. All right. So attributing words or actions to the Lord not found in Scripture or somehow using God to manipulate other people is essentially putting false words in God's mouth, which could potentially have the effect of making God out to be a liar. Nobody would want to do that. But by putting words in his mouth that aren't his word, we're essentially doing that. Um, it never escapes me. In fact, oftentimes I get up here and I'm a nervous wreck beforehand because of the reverence I have for this and, and the importance I find in, in this teaching pulpit that, that my job here is to give you God's word, not my word. And to, and to strip all of that out of any personality, as much as I can, personality and preference and give you the word of God and trust the Holy Spirit to work in and through you through that word. I love the fact that uh, that this church holds us accountable to what we teach, walks through that so that you guys can be a member here and know that you have confidence that you're receiving God's word and not man's word every week. Um, in the same way, the Lord reminds us this morning, this evening. Wow. Yep, it's in me. That we are accountable for what we connect our family to, like our name. We never pretend to speak for our Father when He has given us His Word to know Him. Um, all right, so recap really quick. I want to recap the three things. Flippant use of God's name that we talked about, breaking oaths and vows, um, and the last one, misuse the name of God to further our own agendas. So those are the kind of the three ways that we often misuse it. All right. So the third commandment is a boundary the Lord sets to remind us that his name should not be misused or dishonored. The Lord is inviting his people out of slavery, uh, nameless objects for Pharaoh's sinful indulgences. That's what we're seeing in Exodus here. Lord inviting his people out of slavery, their nameless objects for Pharaoh's sinful indulgences. And, and God is taking this people out to the wilderness and he's bestowing his name on them.
giving them his name. And and in the same way, we're receiving his name through the work of Jesus. Um, He's giving us a new name, a new identity as he cares and he disciples us out of our own self-harm, our self-reliance and into his loving, eternal purposes. All right. I've caught myself back up to my notes. That's sometimes what I have. I just go crazy here. Uh, I don't know if you can tell by looking at me, but I've had a lot of counseling done. Can you guys tell that I've had a lot of counseling done over my time uh, in life? And pretty much in a lot of these sessions that I've been through and learning, uh, I've learned a lot about myself, learned a lot of things that I need to work on. I was in a session one time. And someone pointed out to me in a particular relationship that I was in that I would oftentimes compliment that person in front of other people, but rarely in front of the person himself. We're not going to get into you know my couch session here, but it was something that they pointed out to me that you compliment and you talk about them very favorably in front of other people, but you rarely talk about them to their face that way. And I realized for a second how hurtful and confusing that must be that person to have love, but not ever show it to them to, to feel like that. But in some ways, what I noticed in that counseling session was that there was some sort of barrier between me and that person. I had love for that person, but there was a barrier pre- preventing me from a deeper, healthier relationship that needed to be worked through. And so in this case, Maybe asking you this morning, this evening, gosh, that's just never going to get out of me, is it? Asking you this evening, what barriers may exist between you and the Lord that need to be worked through? Love for God that you would share with other people, but not with the person himself. We just celebrated Valentine's Day this past week. And how do you think it would go if you gave a Valentine someone, to someone you loved but you spelled their name wrong or you put the wrong name on it. Good. Probably not. Probably not. Um, did anybody do that? I hope not. You don't have to say it. Don't say it. Um, because what lover in your life wouldn't want their name to be set apart as special from all other names that are in your life? And, and the reality is even when we look at our relationship with God, God desires a healthy, personal, love relationship with you. And he's unwilling to settle or tolerate for cheap alternatives. We talked about that last week in the second commandment of all of these other alternatives that we put in place of God. He's unwilling to settle for that. So he puts these boundaries for us. Um, because when we honor his name, we are honoring that relationship that we have with him. Okay, I want to spend our last few minutes together uh, suggesting just a few ways. So we talk about the fact that all of us fail at this. All of us at some point uh, break the third commandment. The desire of the third commandment is a boundary to keep us from moving away from right relationship with God, and it's pointing us towards Christ. Let me give us a few suggestions uh, this evening before we come to the table of ways that we can further move further away from the boundary and towards a deeper, more meaningful relationship with God. The first one is this. Speak his name more. You remember I said that the third commandment does not 
keep us from using God's name. It's about misusing his name. So my suggestion for you, my application, this is use his name more. Speak to God more. Pray. Enter into conversation. When I was in that relationship uh, that I had been told that I compliment them in front of other people, but I don't compliment them, the, the way through this was this awkward, mechanical, hey, you look nice today. And it was very awkward and it was very difficult to work through this. And it took a lot of intention to get into this rhythm of complimenting this person and saying how I felt about this person in front of them and not just in the safe place in other arenas. So it was very mechanical. It was very awkward. We kind of both knew that it was like we're trying this new thing on. But guess what? Over time, it got easier. We kind of found our rhythm of ways that we spoke to each other and encouraged each other. It became more comfortable. It became easier for us to relate that way. Over time, I had to spend less time being intentional because it just became more natural. And here's the benefit, not only in that relationship, but in other relationships. It began to be part more a part of who I was. So talking to God can be difficult. It can be uncomfortable. It can be awkward. But regular practice of engaging with our Father, pursuing His heart, is so important for us. Hearing others pray. I was looking at our bulletin before I got here, um, digitally, of course, today, um, that we have a Wednesday prayer meeting, 7 a.m., right? And it's a phone-in thing. I think you can find the link in your bulletin, correct? So if you would be one of those people who find it very awkward talking to God, don't really know what to say, my challenge might be phone in. Just listen to other people pray. Listen to other people relate and speak to God and join in as you feel comfortable. But but apply yourself to the work of saying his name and entering into relationship and engaging your father in heaven. Um, all right, second thing. Throw yourself into learning about your father by spending time in his word. The more time that we spend in God's word with the desire in our hearts not to get smarter, um, not to be more prepared to challenge other people, but to connect with our Father in heaven. The more time that we spend trying to connect with our Father through His Word, the more we learn His character. The more we become convinced of who He is for us and what He's called us to be. We become less confused about the world around us. It helps to shape us. It helps to bring us closer to for, for our desires to be changed into his desires the more we t- spend time learning his character. So find yourself jumping in. All right. Don't, okay, yeah, a couple of cautions with that. I think I mentioned that. Don't reduce your time in God's word to an academic exercise. How many people can do that? Uh, a means to impress others, like the religious leaders of Jesus' time, of how much you know of scripture. Um, or to try 
Here's an important one that got me this week as I was reading through this. Or try to earn the favor of God by your doing that he freely gives you in the work of Christ. Avoid using the word for those things. Dive in, looking to know the God who sees you, who knows you, and who loves you in those pages. Um, All right. If you do these things, pray to God more, jumping into his word. Um, If you don't know how to do these things, ask other people, anyone who's been up here today. We always say that anybody who's been up here today or will be up here, ask them. They will help you. They'll get you uh, connected. But by doing these things, you will find yourself experiencing God's grace as you invest in these areas and something else that I think will happen to you will think of him more and yourself less. You'll find yourself testing God's boundaries far less and enjoying more of God's uh, love being lavished on you. Um, last thing I want to point out in this, as we get to know the Lord better, um, Going back to kind of our married couples thing here, as you get to know somebody better, you stop using their formal name, right? How many married couples in here call your spouse by their formal name? Maybe you do. I don't. And I rarely ever call her Lori anymore. It's babe or honey or something. In other words, I can't say here. Um, <laughs> but I use other names. And so what in, what interestingly happens when we get to know the Lord more is we form names to call him that are ours, that he has shown us and he's revealed to us. There's a couple here that I just want to point out that the people of God found to be very, very helpful in their prayer life with God that they kind of began to say, Jehovah Jireh, the the Lord who provides. That was a name that they called him. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who gives peace. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is our healer. Just just a couple that the people of God over time collected in, in as the God showed himself to them. They marked it by a name in order to engage. And so before we go to the table, I want to go through an exercise together if we can. Um, I realize you guys love when this happens, I'm sure. Um, I'd like for you to think of a name for the Lord that honors who the Lord is in the season of life that God has you in right now. Just take a moment to think of one. Um, I know for me, I'll give you an example for me. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, in this season, I'm reminded that God is the one who goes before me to lead my family. That's the name in my prayer lately when I, when I call to the Lord. I've been calling him this week and saying, you are the one who leads, who goes before me as I lead my family. Now, I realize that's a really long name, but it's a name that's special to me through my relationship with Christ and the season I'm in particularly. And I'd like to challenge you, just just take a moment, we'll take a minute, uh, uh, just a couple of seconds here, for you to think of the season that you find yourself in and the truth of God and how he matches that in your life really quickly.
Can you think of one? Now I want to lead us through a very short prayer together as we close. Um, And just quietly where you are, there'll be a moment when I say, you are. And I'd like you to fill that name in for this prayer. You guys ready? All right. Great Father in heaven, you are. You know when I lie down and when I get up. You never leave me or forsake me. You are. You know all of my rebellion and selfishness and you still share your name with me. Thank you. You are. Amen. So if you're visiting here with us, and this is all weird, um, and, and you don't know the Father, you don't know the one who sought you while you were unfaithful, the one who guarantees your life at the cost of his, the one who has adopted you, who's given you a new name, a new purpose, forever tied to his perfection, his eternal purposes, that I want to invite, invite you to become part of this community, to continue to be here, to have the word unpacked, to pray with us, to study the word together, to even to participate as you can in this meal that we're going to uh, take in just a minute. And I'll give you ways that you can do that. Um, but let me let me pray for us first. Father, thank you for this time in your word. Thank you for the third commandment that it's it's more than just it's not a name to avoid. It's a name to love. It's the name to continue to pour into our lives and to unpack further all that you've done for us. As we move away from the boundary of misuse and dishonor and we pursue your heart. We use the gifts that you've given us. Father, fill us with your spirit, with love and passion to pursue you as you've pursued us. And it's in your holy son's name that we pray these things. Amen.